What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the C-String Podcast. Uh, I am here today with special guest again. Again, I'm back. <laughs> he's back. So, he's here, so you probably know what we're talking about today. Uh, it's Classic Rock Talk Day this week. Um, I did skip uh, I did skip the whole Premier League slash college football discussion, um, but the Premier League is... They, they're not playing games right now for obvious reasons over there. Um, so I skipped that. So you're getting another classic rock talk. It's your favorite though. Don't lie. It's our favorite. It's your favorite. It's our favorite. Yeah. So you're going to love it. We got three, three brand new albums as usual today. Uh, we're just going to go straight into it. Uh, we're starting in 1971. Give you some time to think about it. Uh, this, you're probably not going to guess this one. You're, I, you got no shot here. If you guess this one, you know your uh, music. Yeah. You really know. It's not, it's not, it's not even american it's not it, they're they're an australian band they made a, this in the uk um it is choice cuts by the master's apprentices yes their uh, third studio album released in um 1971 on columbian records and um like it says right here zonophone everywhere else and um i tried looking for this record on lp expensive <laughs> That's how you know it's a very, uh, very not... Not pop. Not, yeah. Or it, it wasn't made, it wasn't, there wasn't as many copies. Yeah. So it wasn't as pop, so therefore it wasn't as popular. Um, it was recorded at Abbey Road. Very famous, famous very famous studio, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, it was actually original. the album was actually originally titled Master's Apprentices, but then I think when the band got back to Australia, because they... They recorded and like mixed it and all that in UK, and then when they got back to Australia after that, I think they then retitled it to Choice Cuts. Yeah, which I'm I'm glad they did because Deep Purple did a similar thing with their third album where it's called Deep Purple, even though it is not. I don't know. It just it confuses it's, me all it's the a little time. Too, it's yeah. It's it's weird. Uh, but they they officially retitled this one, which is very convenient, uh, so you actually know what the album title is. Um, uh, I, I decided to talk about the people, uh, we're going to talk about the people of the band first yes. before we get into the song list, just so maybe you can relate some names to some songs or things like that. But, um, an interesting thing I noticed when I looked up, uh, some information about these guys, uh, Doug Ford, Jim, Jim Keyes, Colin Burgess, Glenn Wheatley, um, there, it, it said that there was very interchanged roles. Mm-hmm. in this band and they didn't even actually have like a specific a specific role attached to them i just kind of went with what you know you know doug ford's i put it down as lead guitar because in in most instances you could say he was lead guitar and when he went i'm pretty sure he went or actually i think it was jim keys who's the vocals he went solo uh, eventually yeah and was a vocalist and a guitarist after that so they, they could all these guys could really just kind of play anything. Mm-hmm. Very, uh, very talented list of actually of uh, people here, and you know, one thing you can definitely notice from the mixing of this album is the rush it was in, or the, like the uh, how small they were. Because um, the thing is with these albums with these bands that aren't as big is they aren't clear. They, you know, sometimes the mixing, it's, the uh, instruments are louder than the vocals. 
and that can sometimes get to me. But with this album in particular, it actually really didn't bother me at all. Just because I think, I don't know, I, I love the instrumentation of this album and the voices are strong when they need to be. So it's just... Yeah. But, it, it's kind of, it's noticeable right off the bat, too, yeah. in the first song. But first if song. you uh, if you go back to this time and look at any of these tiny bands, that's... That's all it was. That's how it was. It was just yeah. a, they didn't have... Because I don't think their first two albums did very well. I think they did okay. But it wasn't... Well, I'm pretty sure they recorded the first two in Australia. Yeah, and... and their first one was released, I think, nineteen sixty six. Yeah, and then they got invited to the UK for like a tour or something, and then they just happened to record while they were there, which is pretty cool, actually. Is, yeah, um, uh, and that's that's where that's why they recorded at Abbey Road. Um, but we'll get straight into the track list here for you. There's ten tracks uh, on this one. The A side consists of Rio de Camaro, Michael, Easy to Lie, Because I Love You, and Caddy. Uh, very strong list very of strong a side um rio rio de camaro that transition right into that acoustic guitar of michael oh, michael beautiful. i love that god i love when tracks do that uh, when they leave instruments instrumentals from one track even though the next song can com- be completely different they lead straight into the next song in a perfect way and it just swings the mood into michael perfectly I also love that Rio de Camaro. Yeah. Sounds very good. <laughs> that vocal good. is so cool. <laughs> There's so cool. So Michael was actually the song I knew this band for. And um, I don't think it's their... In terms of Spotify, I don't think it's in their top five. Um, I discovered it through a uh, Instagram channel I follow. Or not channel. Page. And so I was like, oh, I'll give this song a listen. And I listened to this song and... Uh, has some pretty, uh, not super heavy metal riffs, but it has a bit of a riff in it that is really, uh, really good. I really like it. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's another terrific song. Yes. And, uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, Because I Love You. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, I think they don't even, I don't even think that, that phrases i think it's in the song once yeah <laughs> so not, it's more of like a a lot of it's do what you want to yeah. be what you want to be yeah it's more of that it's it's more of like a self i don't know what to say but it like a self fulfilling song yeah like a feel good song rather than a love song like the title would suggest it's a love song but it's more of just like a feel good song um and i really like that one caddy Another super good one. I love Cat. Caddy is probably my favorite song off this album. It just has... Yeah, it's between that and... The, um, the drum beat in this song just... This whole song just feels like you're cruising downtown with the windows down. <laughs> that's Back a in the way. 70s. Yeah, that's perfect way In this big-ass, long car. It's just... It's, it's just a very good cruising song, and... Oh, I love it. I I love it a lot. Um, We'll move on. We'll move on here to the B-side. We have Our Friend Owsley Stanley 3, Death of a King, Song for a Lost Gypsy, I'm Your Satisfier, and Song for Joey Part (laughs) 2. So, (laughs) a couple question marks here. I I, I, 
There is no song for Joey Part 1, I guess. Yeah, it's it's on it's it, I'm not really sure the story behind that. Um I'd love to know it. I'd love to get to know why. Well, my guess would be is maybe one of the songs in this album or the album before is titled something different, but is but really, it's really the first part. Because there are some uh some groups that have done that. Yeah. With music like that and I don't know, I haven't listened there all the way through their first album yet, so maybe it's in there, maybe, maybe it's in the second. Um I I don't know who Owsley Stanley is either, but that is a great that is a great song. Great song. Um but I th- I definitely think this is Owsley another... Stanley the third is a uh, yeah true king. True king, yeah. Uh but I definitely think this is another one of those albums that kinda just suffers from from B side blues, I guess you could call it. Like just just not really not really up to up to the A side standard. Yeah. Um, I I agree with that. Um again, solid B side, but I just don't I think the track listing on the A side is just phenomenal enough to where it's kinda hard to meet the standard of the A side. Especially when it, they just recorded this in one month. They didn't have if I I guarantee if if they had given themselves more time Maybe they didn't have time. I don't know. They were maybe they were only in UK for uh, a short period of time, but given they only had a month, the fact that they got half the track list as good as it was uh, is still fantastic. Fantastic work by these guys, um, and there was only there's only four of them, so they they had a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but very very good, still very good B side. I love our friend Ozzy Stanley three, and then. Yes. Uh, I also really like Death of a King, too. Yes, that's... And then I'm a fan of uh, I'm Your Satisfier as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of, uh, couple of great tracks on the B-side still, even though yeah. it's, it lacks in terms of comparing it to its A-side counterpart. But, but Master's Princess, come on. We need a uh, song for Joey Part 1. Yeah, come on, guys. Release it now, please. <laughs> I need to know the... Go I back through the... the go through the vault and find it, please. <laughs> yes. I need to know which one it is. So the thing about this band is they never, they never broke through properly. Yeah. Which is, um, it's pretty sad because, again, I like a lot. This album is a very good album, and um, only managed to reach eleven in Australia's albums, and um, it never really broke through in the UK. And I think some of that has because a lot of the time, like around this time period, there were. For example, Badfinger. Um, there were bands that would pay for advertising, and then the managers would turn around and not use pay for advertising and for their own personal needs. I don't know if this happened to this band, but um, it was just kind of hard to get noticed back then, too. You really had to put everything into it. And um, um, one month... I, for, in my opinion, it's just not enough time yeah. to get to to work on something to the matter that it needed, because you really needed to put so much effort and time into albums back th- back in this time period, especially. And this genre of music was so popular as well that if you're gonna make music like this, it needed to be best of the best. Like, it's it's kind of like rap nowadays. It's just you if you're gonna go into this very popular music, you have to smash through it yeah you yeah you need to bring something absolutely groundbreaking 
And I, 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 it sounds like we're saying that this album isn't great, but it, it's just, it's hard to understand how something like this couldn't be noticed. Mm-hmm, because this, this was around the time Black Sabbath was releasing albums. This was the, around the time where, um, Deep Purple made their big shift into metal, well, the precursor to metal music. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just tons of change for bands and, um, you know, they just, ultimately they didn't break the mold. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of upsetting and I'm sure even more upsetting for them, you know, we're sitting here talking about them, but they probably were very disheartened by, it's, they, they were very happy with, they, they released this, you know, they, they just worked a month on it and then they released it straight after. They were very happy with the work that they had done and it's it's just kind of a shame it didn't even make the uk billboards and only got 11th on like on the top t- or on the top list of australia's albums so that's uh, that's really disappointing um but you know we cole and i w- we found them and we like it we wanted to share that with you guys the good thing about this band is i think this album actually has a cult following now so it kind of has risen back into the eyes of some people. It's still it's still not it got super popular, but it's it's gotten some notice. Hey, it got from an Instagram page to Cole to me to you guys. So it's getting it's getting it's places. getting circulation. Yeah. It's getting it's getting noticed. Um, but that's it. That's it for Choice Cuts. That's by the Masters Apprentices. Mm-hmm. Um, a rather unknown band, probably the, definitely the the least known band that we've covered so far. Um, but next, we're gonna jump seven years into the future. This is nineteen seventy eight. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll give you a little bit of time here. Definitely more popular band, um, as uh, as is the next one as well. Yep. Um, but we are gonna go with Foreigner's second studio album. If you know, you know. It's called Double Vision. Um, it got the, it's it's the Atlantic Records. Um, but it got the title because the band Foreigner was at a hockey game. <laughs> was at a hockey game, and they were at a Rangers Sab- or New York Rangers Buffalo Sab- Sabers playoff game in 1978. It was like a preliminary playoff round. The playoffs worked differently back in that back in that time period. And John Davidson, the goalie for the Rangers, um, had gotten hit with a puck, uh, like straight in, straight. Uh, like on the side it was it was kind of on the side actually spoiler alert i watched the entire game um (laughs) uh, but anyway it kind of hit him like like just above it your left eyebrow kind of think of that area Mm -hmm. and he he actually kept playing the game uh and then didn't didn't leave until the end of it but he then over the loudspeakers at the end uh like i guess it was the medical staff or some guy was just announced that John Davidson was suffering from uh, double vision, and because Foreigner was there, they were like, "Oh, that's cool." So they took that song <laughs> for the song title. They just took it. Which you know, keep in mind, this is back in the seventies when hockey players did not give a fuck about what they were doing. Oh yeah, masks, goalie masks were very primitive. Um, wingers and stuff never wore helmets. Yeah, they just, there was just people out there with no helmets. Let the let their fucking hair flow in the back. <laughs> yeah, um, but I decided because I I was very interested in then John Davidson 
because I wanted to know more about him. Why they, you know, why foreigner go to this hockey game? So they saw John Davidson. So I wanted to know more about him. Well, he was born in 1953, and apparently I had no idea this uh, about this. He's the first NHL uh, goalie, goalie, not player, goalie, to jump from a major junior to the NHL. And from my, my understanding, at this time, major junior is like jumping from college straight to the NHL. Like, like yeah. a- out of college, they throw you into this, like, minor league, like, system uh, normally. But he just kind of went straight to the NHL. Mm-hmm. And apparently he was the first goalie to do this. Um, and he split he split time with Wayne Stevenson. If you know who that is, you know who that is. If you don't, you don't. Um, and he actually posted better numbers in that time span. Um and then after the Blues, he was he was actually initially drafted by the St. Louis Blues. I, I forgot to mention that. Um, so the Blues then dealt Stevenson to the to the Flyers, and then yeah. uh, Davidson got most of the playing time. And then, but he actually was worse than his rookie year. So then they traded him to New York, and that's where he spent the rest of his like nine or ten year career. Um, but uh, back to the back to the game here. Uh, I did actually watch. The whole, the whole game because I was, I initially was just like, well, let me just look up, you know, some stuff about John Davidson. It's like, well, maybe I should find the game that this actually happened. And I found the game. Is like, well, I kind of want to see when it hit him. So then I watched the whole game because I was originally was like, I'll look at the comments. There's got to be a comment that says like, oh, this is when there wasn't. So I watched through the entire game. Uh, it happened uh, more towards the end of the game, uh, in the third period, I think. It was a shot from like left. I don't. I don't actually know who shot the puck, but it was like left center of the ice, and it just kind of it just went straight up and got him. Um, Bonked him right in the head. Yeah, and for those interested, uh, the Rangers won that game in overtime, four to three. Uh, winning shot by um, more uh, more Guy yeah. without another guy without a helmet. <laughs> he reached out of the air with his hand. Uh, grab the yeah, grab the puck out of the air, set it on the ground, just shot it, and went straight through the keeper's legs. Uh, that's how that ended. That's about John Davidson. But uh, back on topic here, we have a band to talk about. Uh, we have Foreigner, uh, Lou Graham, lead vocalist and percussionist. This is another one where they these band members. This this kind of goes for all the bands back mm-hmm. in this time. They all just kind of did whatever they did whatever was needed of them yeah but mick jones lead guitarist ian mcdonald guitarist keyboardist al greenwood is a keyboardist ed gagliardi a bassist and dennis elliott on drums uh, gotta say ed, ed gagliardi's gotta be the best name that's a that's so a great far. last name yeah <laughs> um yeah mick jones lou graham or mick jones are probably the more well-known ones around here just because the lead guitarist and lead vocalist normally get most of the yeah like hey i recognize them yeah um i actually don't know a whole lot about foreigner i know i listened to some of their albums i have most of their albums on lp but um uh yeah i've watched a couple i watched them perform at california jam that's a pretty cool concert or california jam too that's what it was uh, but um yeah. I I do know that they actually uh I don't know if this went for all their albums but in this album specifically uh when I was going through the song lists it showed that um 
Lou Graham, Mick Jones, and Ian McDonald all had lead vocalist parts in multiple songs. So there was three different like lead singers in all these different tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, so very flexible, uh, very flexible band it would seem. Yeah. Um, but we'll go. We'll go ahead and get straight into the track list uh, with the A side. We have Hot Blooded. You might have heard of that one before. Mm-hmm. We have Blue Morning, Blue Day, You're All I Am, Back Where You Belong, and Love Has Taken Its Toll. Hot Blooded, very well known song. Yeah. Very awesome guitar riff. I they they singled that song up right after that album. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. They're like, oh man, <laughs> yeah, that uh, that really sold. Yeah, it was with Foreigner. It was a mix of that hard rock and that early new wave stuff, and it sounds really good. Yeah, um, and I I I've enjoyed every bit of this album. And some of them are from the U.S. here, and then others of them are from the U.K. Yeah, it's so a U.S. It was, U.K. band. They're like, oh, we're foreigner because because obvious, for obvious can't reason. classify them as an American or a yeah or UK a band. Yeah. Um, but uh, B side we've got Double Vision, uh, Traumatane, uh, I have waited so long, Lonely Children, and Spellbinder. Um, I don't think we actually mentioned in um, in Choice Cuts the the song for Joey isn't that a instrumental? Yeah. Yeah, that song's an instrumental, and then so is uh, Tramontane in mm-hmm. this one. It even says on, um, I listened to it on Spotify just because I didn't have my uh, LP of Double Vision here. Um, on Spotify, in a parentheses next to it, it says instrumental. Yeah, so. I'm not sure, I can't remember if it's like that on the actual album or if it was just like, oh, Spotify is Spotify's clarifying yeah. things. <laughs> um, but, but you have the title track here on B-side. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting and then i i i really like spellbinder on this too. on this side of this uh of the uh of the album same uh, with i've i've waited so long i really like that song too yeah uh i i couldn't say i, I couldn't tell you what my favorite song is i don't think i i love you're all i am i love blue morning blue day hot-blooded mm-hmm. love is taking its toll Spellbinder, Double Vision's great. Yeah, I think I think I'm slightly biased towards Double Vision just because I now know the backstory <laughs> and have watched an entire hockey game, <laughs> so I might be a little biased towards that one. Uh, but but the song is great as well. Yeah, uh, it is. it's it's a good song, and you know it's popular for a reason. It does have that title track boost that boost under it, it, but it's it's still a very good song. Yeah, very, and it's it's another one of those uh, rare cases where I really enjoyed the the vocals uh, just as much as the instrumentals. Um, I I can't get that that line. I can't get over the line where he's got where he's talking about the double vision. I always uh, like the. Uh, it's like I can't get it out of my head, and it starts like I can't it, remember what you call that effect, but it. His voice sounds very weird. It's it's like warped. Yes, it's like a warped sound. Yeah, I really like that. That's very good. Uh, That's Lou Graham busting his chops. Bust, yeah, as always. Um, but I remember I uh I bought a Foreigner record, but it was it was like a best of, but it was recovered by the band with a different singer. 
and I, I want to say the first song was, um, feels like the first time. And I knew instantly when I heard singing, I was like, that is not Lou Graham. That is very weird. Just get another iconic voice. Yeah, it's kind of similar to that Brad Delt territory where you just kind of, you can tell who it is instantly. Without necessarily knowing his name. Yeah. yeah. His or her name. It's just, it's, yeah, it's just a very, very specific voice. Yeah. Very good voice. Um, I... I would very much recommend. I, I love, I, Foreigner, Foreigner One, the original album. I love Double Vision. This this album, obviously, and Foreigner Four is another great one. Um, I would highly recommend Foreigner to anybody to anybody new to classic rock, I guess. And this um, uh this you're all in, you're or you're all I am, not all in. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh. Uh, I'm trying to think if that's their fifth studio album, um, Agent Provocateur, where they yes. kind of went for a more, where they, they instead of being that rock band, they went for the more love song approach. And I think that could be traced here. And it, honestly, A-Side has a lot of... It does. It, it does have a lot of that sort of... I think the only, I think the first two tracks are the only ones that don't really apply, yeah. but even then they're still... I, especially Blue Morning, Blue Day. Yeah. It still has that feeling. But You're All I Am. I, Definitely. It's, it's so good. It's so mm-hmm. good. And that, yeah, that, that fifth album, definitely, they went, they kind of turned into a... Yeah, I think that's where this started, was they were like, oh, we'll write a few love songs, and yeah. then... It, they they I can I can see why they write, they wrote more, because those these ones are all great. They did very well, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I again... Again, I'm I'm slightly biased towards A side uh, on this one as well. I, think. I am too. I, my favorite, just three awesome tracks in a row, and the last two tracks are also amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't doesn't stop uh, on this one. Again, way more popular uh, than Choice Cuts, but you know, just as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as good. They were both. They're both great albums. Uh, wouldn't slight either of them. Great. They mixed very well. Both of them. Really, really cool to see. Um, I, it's kind of blowing my mind. I'm going through and finding some of these bands, and all of these bands that were that were mentioning, you know, they're all in the same time period, 1970s, 1980s, mm-hmm. all doing this on top of each other. And yeah. It, it. You would think that maybe they were trying to all one up each other, which maybe they were, but I look at it and just they. It feels like they were working together, and everybody in the whole world just kept making tracks and making tracks and getting better and better and feeding off of each other. And I, I think this this song list, uh, it's it's so it's so well balanced, mm-hmm. and it does a great job of getting a bunch of different a bunch of different I guess vibes is what the youngins call it nowadays, <laughs> but. Throughout the whole thing, um, it's just every song. Every song is really good. Take nothing away from this from this album. Uh, it's amazing. One thing that I uh, I love about this era of music is I just I know a lot of people consider like the '60s to be the wild west of music, but I I truly think the '70s is 
even more wild just because you had new wave stuff, you had reggae-inspired rock, you had progressive rock, you had the beginning of metal with Black Sabbath, you had pop rock still, you know, it's just, it's just so much, and that's not even, a, just that's just rock. There's... Yeah. There, you don't have the, the bands you have in the 80s and 90s without the, the craziness that happened during this time. Like, the bands in the 80s, you can easily define as either being metal or they're pop. It's... Yeah. That's what's most often associated with the it's, 80s. Yeah. It's harder to find in 80s. It's harder to find a, a classic rock. Like, even even Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, that's, that's more of like a smooth... A smooth take on a on a classic rock uh classic rock style Mm -hmm. it's not it it it's nothing and you don't get that i i don't think you get that without the experimentation that happened in the 70s um but that is but that will that will be it uh that'll be it for that we got double vision by foreigner and go check that out uh along with along with many of their other albums great just a great band in general so this next album is um this band's sixth studio album, named after a state. Right? Oh, that's the that's the band. Right the band below, named after a state. Right this below one's easy, us. guys. Nineteen seventy nine. This this is probably one of the easier guesses you can get. Although, uh, I hardly knew any of the songs from this album. Um, this one is a monolith by Kansas, and um, this is one of those albums where I know there was a split in. <laughs> fans when this yeah. album was released because yeah. the again going back to those genres this was when disco was at its peak like just continuously rising and um this song this album definitely has that disco flavor very it. very much does and i was never around for disco i don't mind it i liked in fact a lot of disco rock songs i like but you know i guess disco is apparently everywhere back then so it's just annoying and so anything that had the slightest hint of disco was oh that's trash yeah horrible this, this album see received very critical reception for just that reason alone some people you just you just they just heard the disco and they're like well this i hate this like i can't listen to this it's that's crazy to think about how people can think like that, mm-hmm. but that is how it was. That's literally some of the bad reception was just because it has some of this disco flavor. Yeah, which it's I don't know. It's it's whatever to me. I yeah. think this album is awesome. Um, so yeah, we got Steve Walsh keyboard, lead back of vocals. Guy's a hell of a piano player. God, it, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have have heard of I've or I've heard the song now. Carry on, wayward yes. son. There's a specific part where uh, it's the bent, bent, and he's just yeah, he, insane. He just he just goes and he's dancing. I watched the fucking music video. For yeah, he's it. just he's dancing the whole time. And even the live, he's the yeah. live version of this. I think they're in Canada or something like that. But he's he's jumping, yeah, doing almost fucking doing handstands <laughs> on his organ. While go, he's doing this shit. It's please, like, please go shit. watch Steve Walsh play the keyboard. Or go um, listen. Just insane. Again, insane. another one of my uh, top ten singers. I absolutely yeah. love this guy's voice. Yes. Um, Carrie Livgren 
another fantastic keyboard player and guitar player. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's There's just fantastic. Rich Williams still touring with the band today. Um, Eye Patch Man. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You can uh, you can tell in some of the early Kansas performances that he has a glass eye because it's just it's just kind of it just points straight. Yeah. But he's again another. There's um. I'm trying to think what album that's on. One of these albums, he uh, has some very heavy guitar riffs. Um, I think A Glimpse From Home is actually one of those where he has that yeah. very heavy guitar sound. Um, and, you know, uh, one thing that Kansas had was the violin. Um, Don Kirshner, the, the label that this is on, the whole reason he picked these guys up is he had his agent show him this band performing live when they were unknown. And uh, he said, wow, there's a violin in that rock song. And it sounds like, fucking amazing. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, Robbie Steinhardt blows away God, it's, everything. It's incredible. Um, it's, it's jarring at first uh, to hear a violin in a rock song, but you can't. You can't take it away. No, if you if you take it away, which Kansas would do because Robbie Steinhardt would unfortunately leave the group due to tensions. Yeah. Um it is just it's not that's Kansas is, has that sound that goes so well with that violin. Um another guy I really love is Dave Hope. Um fantastic bass lines. Love almost every bass line he plays. And the dude's a pastor now. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I I can't say enough about I can't say enough about how much I love the violin in Kansas, and I find myself uh, I find myself wondering how other bands missed missed uh, missed this key element uh, that could that could have maybe brought more to the to their success. Which it's uh, pretty unfortunate because Robbie Steinhardt passed away. I think. A year ago, and he was about finished with his solo album, his debut solo oh. album, and uh, I think they're still gonna release it. I don't know; it might have already been released. I remember, I'm, but yeah, um, yeah, very, very essential part of Kansas oh, sound. It it really, really you can you can kind of tell Kansas is missing missing something after he left because he only made he only worked on like one or two more albums after this one mm -hmm. and then was gone by the time uh drastic measures came around yeah uh and you can you can tell you I mean, can there's tell some it. good songs still like they're they're still a great band but it it's it's easy to tell they kind of fell to that more rock metal sound that was going in the 80s rather than the stay distinct style yeah but um yeah just fantastic band um yeah we'll we'll go we'll go into the track listing here for you guys anybody that doesn't know uh we just uh, sat there and, well i guess i poured my heart out for <laughs> kansas but yeah we don't band, you guys haven't even heard the phenomenal song, band the songs yet um but on the a side uh we have on the other side uh people of the south wind angels have fallen and how my soul cries out for you yeah, um, very good A-side. I know People of the South Wind was a single. 
Yep, people of Southland was singing. Um, that was another one of those songs where people were like, yeah, I don't like this song. There's disco. <laughs> <laughs> another, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, that that song and Angels Have Fallen, yeah. my, my two favorite on this A-side. Mm-hmm. So, so good. Uh, I, t- I don't know what was wrong with the people back then. I love that disco flavor that's inside. I do too. It sounds so... I guess if a band does it way too much... Maybe, well, yeah. Like, but, doesn't mix it right, but I think Kansas did it yeah. very well. I don't think they deserve the hate on this album they get, but... Yeah, it... Unfortunately, it's what happened, and... I, I, again, uh, Angels Have Fallen, there's no, more more violent stuff. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful stuff there. Dave Hope on the bass in that one as well. Yeah, f- fantastic. It's great. Um, How My Soul Cries Out For You is a very interesting one, because... When you listen to it on your phone, it it um it bleeds over into the B side, a glimpse of home. And when I first heard this track, I was listening on my record player. And I thought, because it gets super quiet, and I thought, well, fuck, I think my record player just took a shit. Yeah. And um, I turned it up, and then I hear the like the rising sound of a glimpse from home. And I was like, what the hell? Uh, yeah. Like, it just, it just <laughs> pranked me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it does kind of just boil uh, boil over on the phone, but uh, but again, as you mentioned for B side, uh, glimpse of home is how it starts, and then it goes to away from you, stay out of trouble, and reason to be. I am hands down not only my favorite song on this album, but one of my favorite Kansas songs is a glimpse a glimpse from home. Um, I love the keyboard sound in the beginning of that mm-hmm. song. I don't know how to describe it, but it is I such a either. such a warm, welcoming sound, and um, it's also cool because later in the song we got that heavy guitar riff by Rich Williams going off um, in that solo, and it's just it's one of my favorite Kansas Kansas songs ever. Yeah, I I couldn't say enough about a glimpse of home, and uh, I I enjoy. Uh, stay out of trouble and reason to be um, from this side as well. And this certainly does not suffer from the same B-side blues that no. the previous two uh, albums do. 100%. It's 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 awesome all the way through. And I think Stay Out of Trouble actually has Robbie Steinhardt on vocals. Yes, yeah. Which, again, another... He has a, also has a fantastic, distinctive voice. Yeah. When they first started Kansas, they were impressed with his voice. Because Steve Walsh was kind of shy. And so they were like, okay, well, you can sing most of the songs. And then as Steve Walsh grew in, out of his shell, they started and, sharing talent. Or, yeah, uh, when, when Steve Walsh started doing handstands on his organ, <laughs> then, then he started to sing. Yeah, he, crazy, crazy dude. Which um, I love his, uh, kind of a bit off topic, but his debut solo album, it's the most american thing i've ever seen in my fucking life it's he's holding two massive revolvers with sunglasses on and there's like mountains in the background and a fucking bear in front of him it on is, the cover art yes yeah, on the cover art it is crazy <laughs> kansas has some crazy album covers yeah. this one's not monolith isn't uh crazy but drastic measures that's fucking funny. I that's another thing about Kansas is their uh and a lot of these progressive rock bands, um 
cover art is fantastic. I love the John Brown in their debut. I love the Eagle on Songs for America. I love the uh, thing on Mask. I honestly don't know what it is. I know it's a famous painting, but... Um, this one is also awesome. It's a Native American with a uh, fish globe yeah. on. And he's holding like a... It's like a... Uh, I don't know what you call it. It's a Native American thing. Yeah, it's not a trident, but it kind of... It's almost like a hatchet with feathers hanging off yeah. the back of it, but it's not a hatchet. But it's not, it, yeah, it's not a hatchet. But if that's how we, that's how we're gonna describe it. That's yeah. what it looks like. Like that's what it looks like. But um, uh, yeah, also the inside. If you have the LP, it's like a. It looks like remnants of civilization, to me, because in the, it's a uh, gatefold, and if you look in the gatefold, it's, there's a bunch of like broken highways. And like rotted highways everywhere, and just I don't know, it's cool. I did not know that. Um, I guess I guess we should uh, mention the cover art for the previous previous couple albums just briefly here. Uh, the Choice Cuts one is like, yeah, it's just a, it's like a, a, it's a fancy chair, chair yeah. with like a little hand. It's like, there's an invisible. I guess there's just like a floating hand with a cigarette, mm-hmm. and then the the person is invisible but you can see the hand holding a cigarette as if somebody was sitting in the chair pretty weird yeah very weird um, um and double vision is just kind of like a it's kind of a generic picture yeah, of the band it's just of kind thing. of yeah compliment just like it's like if you went into like ms paint and just kind of put <laughs> pictures the pictures of the four guys up there and then put double vision across it ms paint 1970 <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yes, Monolith, fantastic album, um, it's, it, it was an album, to, for me at least, I listened to it the first time, and it didn't really grab my attention initially, um, but I went back and listened to it again, and I thought, man, I really like this, and then I listened to it for a third time, and I was like, this is one of my top ten favorite albums ever. Yeah, I, uh. I found this album in, God, I want to say that was Omaha, when I was at a record store there. Very excited when I found it. Um, even more excited than I was when I found Point No Return and Left Overture. Um, Which is, that's probably what you know Kansas from, is Left Overture and Point of No Return. Yeah, Left Overture had that Carry On Wayward Son. Yeah. Left Overture. Point of No Return. Point of No Return had um, Dust in the Wind. Title track. The title track, yeah. Um, yeah, so you prob- that's probably what you know Kansas for. This, though, this is my favorite album mm. from their, from their down. stuff. Uh, it was their third album in a row to reach uh, the Billboard Top 10. It was their third in a row after Left Overture and Point of No Return. And then I don't think they'd ever get back to the Billboard Top 10. Um, but uh, I, it's, it went straight up to my Top 10. Like, this... Yeah. I, I can't stop listening to this album. And if I'm correct, I think this is the second to last album featuring all of the original members of Kansas because I think Steve Walsh would leave during the Vinyl Confessions um, recording. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then obviously um, Robbie Steinhardt would leave in uh, Drastic Measures after that. So it kind of started to break apart after this, but which I, uh, that reminds me, Kansas is one of those bands where, you know, Steve Walsh is a very distinct voice, 
He got replaced by John Elefante, which also has a very amazing voice. Um, incredible. I think it's one of those few bands where I accept both singers as singers of Kansas and not just I associate this singer with this band only. Yeah. You know? Like when I think of Boston, I it's think Brad Delp and not Frank Cosmo. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's. But Kansas, it's both. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah, you know, maybe uh, after Steve Walsh left, you can. Drastic Measures was not a bad album, and the vocals. No. And you probably really know, you probably know um, uh, Fight Fire with Fire. Yeah, the big one off of that album yeah. was Fight Fire with Fire. And um, um, Vinyl Confessions had a Play the Game Tonight, also a huge yeah. song for Kansas. But yeah, just incredibly awesome, epic band. Definitely top five band for me. So probably being biased here. Um, Maybe, but... That's that's how it's gonna be. We're gonna be biased. Uh, I mean, I wrote a whole ass paper on left overture, so yeah. So there you go. That's that's how you know. Uh, and I wouldn't I wouldn't be remiss if I was writing a whole ass paper on this album. Oh, 100 percent. I I can't tear myself away from this album. I go back and I find myself to listen to it, listen to it at least once a week mm-hmm. uh, nowadays. I I am enjoying enjoying the crap out of it. Yeah. Um, um but that's 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 it for today's episode of classic rock talk we got through we got through three again uh just to go over them for you we just did uh monolith which is by kansas uh double vision uh which is by foreigner and then choice cuts which is by the master's apprentices um some again kansas is going to be easier to find than uh the choice cuts yeah kansas foreigner are definitely easier to find than choice cuts but it was really interesting to uh, to listen to to a band that wasn't as popular and mm-hmm. try to figure out maybe why. Yeah, it's it is very interesting. I, some of those um, little bands like that are incredible. Like uh, I can't think of this band name off the top of my oh uh, Haystacks Balboa. That's another band around this time period. The, I only have one of their songs in my playlist, but I need to listen to all of them. But. Um, it's incredible what you find with some of these smaller bands. Yeah. Honestly, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of and it makes you wonder why why some bands did better than others. But I think something that is cool that we could do is focus, you know, give a smaller band recognition in the first, in like one or two an episode. It just because you know everybody knows Kansas, but I'm sure I'm sure nobody not not many people obviously know about. The Master's Apprentices in mm-hmm. Choice Cuts album, so to and it's not any it's um it's not really any worse than uh, Monolith and Double no, Vision. It's, it's, it's not. not, and you know we you're sure I I really I go back and listen to Monolith every week, but Choice Cuts is something I'll always I'll now always remember and I'll always know and I'll always be able to remember the songs from that album and. Uh, listen to it still and I enjoy it just as much yeah I enjoy all of these bands I enjoy listening to them all just because I prefer one over the other doesn't mean I don't enjoy them all the same still wish I could snag it uh choice cuts on, on, LP, on LP. But yeah that's a whole ass investment you might have to snipe you might have to snipe <laughs> uh, snipe one sometime I don't know I'm gonna have to take a fucking bank loan out for that 
right, that's that's gonna be it. As I said for today's episode of Classic Rock Talk, again had a lot of fun doing this. Mm-hmm. Doing more bands. Uh, we'll have three new ones for you guys next week. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to next week already. Yeah, I am too. Hundred percent. All right, we will see you guys next time on the C-String Podcast. Yep. Thank you.